What is up, knuckleheads? It's uh, August 2nd. MLB trade deadline came today, came and went. It was pretty awesome, uh, which means we turn our sights towards the MK trade deadline on Sunday, August 14th. Uh, in this episode, me and Ferd discuss 12 MK trades that should happen, basically analyzing the landscape and everyone's you know individual needs and where they're at in the, the standings and strengths and weaknesses and contracts, etc., to formulate trades that we think make sense for there's one for everyone and, and maybe multiple for some folks. So uh, enjoy the listen. Hopefully this uh, spurs some juices to uh, have a, a hot and nasty next 12 days or so as the trade deadline approaches. What is happening? Hey, yeah, we're good. I said it. this whole thing is all messed up. What's an MK pod without some technical difficulties? Well, like it's like I said to do it through my headset and it's not. <laughs> what, what are you doing it through? Just my phone now, like my phone speaker. I'm holding it to my ear. That's old school. <laughs> I know. I had my headphones <laughs> in. And like, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Mar- Charlie was talking to Marley on the phone the other day, and Ch- Charlie's so used to like using speakerphone or FaceTime, and it wasn't on that. And I'm like, hold it to your ear and talk. And she was just like, this is weird. She <laughs> 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 doesn't know how to use a fucking phone. <laughs> oh, that's freaking hilarious. I guess I'll just do it old school. <clears throat> I guess that's what we I gotta have the, do. I have the um, dishwasher on. Like, can you hear that? No, nah, it's fine. Okay, cool. All right, man. So, well, hey, you know the you know the scoop for today. The episode being, well, first of all, we had a pretty badass MLB trade deadline. I don't remember uh, fury like that in a while. I mean, we could probably spend two or three hours just talking about that. But there was a lot of shit that went down. Um, but you know, with the with the Major League Baseball trade deadline passing that kind of sifts things out a little bit for us as fantasy managers because now we know like where the closers are landing and where they're not and you know guys have you know pretty permanent defined roles from this point forward so any anything that if anyone was waiting for a shoe to fall those have fallen and now we're only about twelve days out from the MK trade the trade deadline. Um, and as you know, what we're discussing today is 12 MK trades that should happen. So basically, we're going to work our way up the standings, sharing a trade that we think should transpire in MK, accounting for contender status, team need, budget, you name it. Basically, an opportunity for us to fantasy manage other people's teams, <laughs> armchair, <laughs> armchair quarterback style, um, which I thought was actually pretty fun to go through. So. So I know that we uh, basically we're going to work the, from the bottom up on the standings, uh, and which means I'm going to lead off. Um, so we set it up to where I'll take the even teams in the standings. So you're I'm not covering my own team, nor are you for yours. Uh, anything you wanted to add or any questions for, for clarity's sake before we jump in here? Yeah, uh, first of all. Uh-oh. Bert, are you still there? Can you hear me? There we go. No, sorry, I guess uh, my phone. Yeah, sorry. Like I said, I have it to my my. I have it old school, so I think the screen went off. So I'll just have to make sure it stays on. Um, no, I just uh, we'd be remiss not to say rest in peace, Vin. He's just so iconic to the game, especially to our childhoods growing up. Um, you know, it's just inevitable, but sad nonetheless. Um, just to move on from that, um, in terms of how I did these trades, um, when I announced 
um, kind of the deals that I think um, would be a good deal for either side. Um, I try to look at it in a vacuum. So let's say I have um, one player training with another with, you know, let's say I have Ken training with Deke, but then later I have Boots training with Deke. Um, those are independent of each other. So you might say, oh, well, he added this person. So just everything's just a, in a vacuum one-on-one. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to, to like, account for all the different dominoes that would fall. So that's that's fair. Um, really just, I think the purpose of this episode is to is to get the trade winds blowing and throw a little gasoline on the on the hot stove. I know there's a lot of conversations that are happening. So many I'm a part of and, and maybe, maybe second or third chair and some of the bigger sweepstakes, we'll find out how these things shake out. But um, hopefully this kind of gets the juices flowing. Uh, maybe we end up giving some good ideas to some of our competition that might you know, snake bite us in the end. But, I know. Uh, I literally, when I was putting some of these <laughs> together, I'm like, I could totally see like, you know, uh, you know, I could totally see like D going to boots right after this, just being like, let's do it. <laughs> minutes into the pod but i think we're ready to get going all right i'm gonna get us let off here and uh, let's hope that the our woes are behind us so i'm gonna start off with the man our 12th place team it's been a tough season for the man never really got it going he has taken his roster to the scrapyard he doesn't have a lot left to yield uh any keepers at least not in the form of non-keepers um, on his roster, but he does have more than enough options to round out seven keepers for next year. So if I'm the man, I'm looking to shop some of the keepable players in an upgrade, maybe in a two for one type deal. So I think he's got a couple of enticing options here. The first being $1 Tanner Houck, who appears to have kind of the bulk of the closers role in Boston. It's a little fluid right now with Garrett Whitlock, but Houck got the save last night. Um, and I think there could be some intrigue from a manager who needs saves now, but wants to speculate on how potentially returning to the rotation next season. I, I know it's been somewhat of a disappointing year as him as like a, a flyer uh, coming into the year, but he has that righty Chris sale comp. So maybe there's some, some intrigue there. And then the second uh, piece and, and don't laugh me out of the room here. I'm going to go with $3 Joey Gallo who has been, atrocious this year but i think he has to or had to and he did get out of new york uh, i saw a small snippet of an interview where someone asked him recently like you know what's it like when you're walking down the streets of manhattan and he answered very seriously like he doesn't go out he's like i don't want to show my face in public so i think it's really that it's just like wearing on him and he's pressing and he just i think he's actually fairly open about some other um just kind of mental health challenges he has around anxiety and stuff so i just got to imagine that like it's just it's too much for him there. And so maybe a fresh start in L.A., um, you know, would be good for him. And, and I think any market value he has in MK would be tied to someone giving the Dodgers the benefit of the doubt that maybe they see something they can fix. He might be completely broken, but we know him to be a 40 plus homer guy as recently as last year. He hit 38. So for a team, I think that needs some power down the stretch, even if they don't see Gallo as a potential keeper at three bucks. I think he's at least a, a budget-friendly ad, you know, as it speaks to um, the MK salary cap, a budget-friendly ad to add some home runs to the lineup without really breaking the bank. So that being said, is there a team out there, a contender that needs to add some saves to their bullpen and ranks below average in home runs and RBI? Uh, I think that there is a team out there, and Bird, that's you, 
right? <laughs> so uh, if you were to deal from a position of strength, I'd say that your your starting rotation is your strength. So I'm going to go with this trade right here. It's a $1 Tanner Houck and $3 Joey Gallo for a $9 Logan Webb, okay, of the Giants. He's ranked about the 50th best starting pitcher in NK this year. So a very usable piece, but not the league winner type of piece he was last year because he had a big, you know, very substantial strikeout uh, drop this year. But he's got a, you know, good ground ball rate, elite or uh, walk rate and an elite ground ball rate. So I think a safe floor for demand to like slot into his rotation as an anchor piece next year. And he can kind of dream on a little upside, you know, to return to his closer, uh, you know, to, to his 2021 self. And then Ferd, you'd be adding Hauk who appears to be like the front runner for the Boston saves down the stretch. You can begin to piece together a bullpen, which would help you avoid punting saves in the Kumite. You'd also get that flyer on how for, you know, what he could be next year. If he returns to the rotation, guess it really depends on, on how you see the Dodgers deploying Gallo and whether you think he can find his swing once he gets out of that uh, New York spotlight. So thoughts on thoughts on that deal, that even crossed your mind at all. Uh, no, that one didn't, um, you know, but you did hit the nail on the head um, in terms of, Definitely would like to add some closers. Um, I've kind of gone searching myself, but, you know, for guys that I feel like I can get, like, I just feel like everything is a kind of closer by committee these days. It's hard to just, you know, if I'm going to go make a deal, I'm not really confident to go and get a guy that, you know, might even just get two thirds of the saves. Um, yeah. So it's just hard. Um, like I have, you know, Duran, um, who's kind of been a closer at times for Minnesota, um, uh, that's really, you know, I just picked up the guy from the A's hoping they'd make some deals. Um, and, you know, Trevino went, but, um, you know, I think he'll get some save opportunities. But again, I think he'll share it with somebody. And then I get to a point where I don't really want to have, you know, four or five relievers Half filling holders. out my roster spot <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, to, exactly. just to get enough saves to win. Like I'd kind of just, you know, take my chances that, um, you know, I go up against somebody that, is kind of in a similar boat and maybe Duran could get me a couple saves in a week and I can steal one during the playoffs, but um, I'm not going to really sell the bank. And then for Gallo, you know, I've had him for years past. I like him, especially for three bucks. Like, you know, if he's going to play every day, he'll hit 200, but um, you know, he's going to, you know, he can hit 30, 40 home runs um, with enough at bats, but with the Dodgers, but with the Dodgers, um, I just, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, you know, I think he can replace some at bats for Bellinger, but they're not going to just bench Bellinger. And, you know, I feel like there'll be a platoon there. I know Jimmy said, well, Bellinger's defense is elite. You know, Gallo was a gold glover too. Um, you know, I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm sure Bellinger's a better all around outfielder, but I believe Gallo can play center too. Probably not to the level of, um, Bellinger, but, um, no, those are just kind of just two big question marks. So I probably just want to do the deal on my end and take my chances. Yeah, I, think, I mean, but you you would have to kind of see over the next 10, 12 days or so what the what they do with Gallo. And the, the nice part about a daily moves league like ours is if he plays four or five days a week and they have good matchups, I mean, that could be a really useful player. But I understand, yeah, he's not going to be out there six days a week probably with just the depth that they have. And, and with Hauk, yeah, I mean, maybe over the next week and a half he gets four saves and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, he is the guy. But right now it looks like he's just got to – I wouldn't say a stranglehold, but he's got he's kind of got a, a little bit of a, of a lead in that for that role. But it's really far from certain. Um, yeah, I, I definitely get. I, I do think though with Duran, as good as he's been, they just traded for Jorge Lopez from yeah. Baltimore. So if they insert Lopez into the ninth, and then you, I think you probably actually lose a little bit of leverage there on 
on Duran, who's been so good, he's probably still worth the roster spot. But I don't know. No, if yeah, I, get those saves I totally anymore. agree. And Baldelli, the way he looks like to manage, you know, he's not going to have really a set role for closer. He's going to play matchups and who he feels um, just kind of got the hot hand, or like I said, you know, just likes the the matchups that he's going to face in the in the lineup. Because you know, Duran's been their best reliever. Um, but he's still kind of, you know, he'll get the high leverage situations, but then they'll use them for a two out, a two inning save or just a normal save. Like there's just no read on that bullpen situation. And I think Lopez will kind of fall in with Robles and Duran. Like, you know, he might, like I said, he might get two thirds of the saves Lopez, but, yeah. um, you know, Baldelli's going to do his own thing. Yeah. There's a lot of pens are doing. All right. Let's move on to the 11th team. That's you for, uh, for, for Ken. What did you pick out for Ken here? So the way I looked at Ken's team, um, you know, he's already obviously in sell mode. He's, you know, gone and made some deals, uh, myself included. So um, I'm looking at guys, kind of some keepable contracts for him. To me, I think he has a really good um, set of, of uh, keepers in starting pitching. So um, I was looking for some hitting keepers for him. Um, and, you know, things have to make sense. So it was kind of hard. Um, all these were hard. I'm not even going to lie. It was kind of hard. And, you know, some of these people will probably just go like, you're absolutely crazy. I would never make these deals. But, um, hey, I get to play fantasy GM right now, and, and I'm going to. So um, for Ken, I liked um, trading Sandoval and, or Gallon, one of those two, whoever he likes um, least, um, to Jimmy um, for Seager. Um, you know, I just um, – Ken needs some kind of offensive keepers. And Seager, I think, is on a – you know, I don't think he's – um, having the year that they thought he would have, but you know, he still got value for a short stop. And I think he's like what, 14, 15 bucks. Um, so to me, um, I think, um, and you know, and including, um, coming back to, to Jimmy would be Baez as well. Cause I don't think, um, that's a swap that Ken can make where he's not going to want to keep Baez. He could keep Seager instead and then deal one of those arms. Um, probably Sandoval. I think he probably has a little bit more faith in Gallon. Yeah, that makes, yeah. Once you throw Baez in there, it starts to make a little more sense. I I, I think because uh, Jimmy is pretty pitching heavy as is. That's one of his strengths. So uh, for him to move Seager for for an arm like that, uh, I see what you're saying as far as Ken getting some balance there. Um, maybe, yeah, with, with Baez who can replace Seager, and frankly, I think it might take both Gallon and Sandoval, you know, to get his attention on that. But I could see where you're coming from there. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think it's going to be interesting for Ken to see what he does with with Goldschmidt, right? I think it was last I looked was the number two ranked player in the league, um, twenty six bucks or so, so very keepable contract. Even if as he regresses next year, but he's going to be like thirty five. I've got a big offer on the table for for Goldschmidt, but Ken seems to be holding out. He thinks he's got the bullets left to get uh, Acuna somehow. <laughs> I don't. I don't look at that roster and see enough to get Acuna, but um, I don't know. Maybe like it, you know, Sean's really uh, has, has a knack for trading keepers to improve this year, but also get slightly less keepers back to where he's not fully mortgaging his future. And so maybe Ken does have enough, uh, you know, in the way of throwing in like a Gossman with a Goldschmidt or something like that to go out and get Ron. Uh, my <laughs> offer on the table. Go ahead. I was going to say, Ken, please do if you can, because the future of Julio Rodriguez paired with Ronald Acuna Jr. on Sean's team um, scares the <laughs> shit out of me. Like, I have Soto and Harper, which is probably equal in talent, but um, at a shit ton more uh, money. So. <laughs> I know, I know. Julio basically is Acuna. It's disgusting. It's I have an offer. I'll put it out there right now. I have an offer for, for Goldschmidt. Uh, $1 Jeremy Pena and $1 Logan Gilbert. 
Um, so two, you know, top 100 players. Yeah. Thought, well, Logan Gilbert may not be top 100 after today. The Yankees kicked his teeth in, um, but he still only put his ERA at like 3.05 on the year. So um, I'm, I'm making a push for, for Goldschmidt just to, to replace some of the offense I moved in Devers and who knows what I'm going to get from Trout, if anything, down the stretch. So I would love to, to add a Goldie, but uh, I mean, obviously I put the offer on the table because I want to see that deal happen, but I'm a little squeamish too, because uh, those are two pretty good keepers, right? And in, uh, in Pena uh, and Gilbert. So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of happy either way, or bittersweet either way, I should say, because I'd love to add Goldie to the lineup, but I don't necessarily want to move those guys. Uh, it's, it's equal parts me wanting to get Goldschmidt and, of course, me wanting to block someone like Sean or my other competitors from from getting better as we uh, approach the, the, the uh, deadline here. All right. Uh, I think – go ahead. Did you have anything else for it? No, I was just going to say, yeah, like, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, that's where we – you know, this time of year, it's like, you know – I'm sure this is what real GMs do. Like, not that we're playing real GMs, but it's like, you know, this is my best offer. And obviously I put the offer out there because I'd like it, but I'm also fine keeping the guys I have and writing it out. Yeah. And well, sometimes the best defense is a good offense too, right? <laughs> There's folks out there who are saying the Dodgers were never in on Soto and they were always just trying to drive the price up for, for the Padres, which like, I don't believe that whatsoever, but I mean, however they want to cope for, for not winning those sweepstakes. But I mean, it is a fair strategy to deploy. If you, if you think one of your division rivals is going to get better, you might as well try to drive the price up on them. All right. So we're going to move over to 10th and that is me covering Eels, uh, who is eight games out of a playoff spot. He can go on a run. I think he's, uh, he's ahead of Keith right now. I'll be pretty early in the week, but his remaining schedule is Keith this week, me next week, then you, then Frank, and then Boots. So four of his last five are against playoff teams. Um, he he won't and, and shouldn't do anything until the, the picture becomes clear over the next 10 days or so, if it does. Uh, but I'm approaching this as if he will ultimately be a seller because it's a pretty uphill battle here for Eels. Um, he's got several high-talented, high-priced players to move. He's got $45 Luis Robert. He's got $30 Cedric Mullins, $30 Tyler O'Neill. But there's one guy he has to move if he sells because he's on an A contract, and that's $31 Manny Machado. And Machado's having a monster season. He's ranked inside the top 20, should yield an excellent return. And if you look at the contenders who need offense, Keith needs offense the most. Uh, he's about to get a huge shot in the arm when Tatis returns. But if he has Tatis and Machado, that would take him from what's been statistically the worst offense among the contenders to above average in that pack. So, uh, with offense being the weakness, I think Keith's going to have to deal from his pitching, which has just got a, its own shot in the arm with DeGrom returning. Um, I think he can assemble a package that doesn't really tear down his chances of winning this year, but it's going to take a lot to land Machado, who, who should have a lot of suitors here. So I'm going to go with a three-for-one here uh, with a little bit of mix of, of, of established veteran and, and, and some high upside youngsters. I'm going to go with Manny Machado for $15 Chris Sale, $1 Nick Lodolo, and $1 Hunter Green. And so Sale's got that broken pinky finger. All I've heard is the Red Sox hope he can pitch again this year. Will he pitch again? Will they shut him down if they continue to slide out of contention? I really don't know how it's going to play out. So maybe it's the time for Keith to extract some value from Sale instead of risk him just kind of wasting away on the IL. And then those other pieces and Lodolo and Green, both of those uh, – 
being high octane pitching prospects, or I should say rookies, not prospects, they're in the major leagues, um, who have each underperformed their peripherals this year. Green is still a bit raw, but a $1 on a former first rounder that throws 100 plus miles an hour should have some appeal. Lodolo's got a, a low threes XFIP. It suggests that he's got better days ahead of him as well. So Keith gets his superstar bat in Machado. Eels gets a, a fair or, or well-priced frontliner in Chris Sale and then two $1 rookies who each possess really high upside in 2023. Um, in, in an event that Keith insists on holding Chris Sale, thinking he's going to be back for a potential playoff push, um, or if maybe if Eels isn't too fond on sale, then I would say that swap him out with $8 Brandon Lau um, as, as the third piece instead. So uh, sale Lodolo and Green or, or Lau Lodolo and Green, for Manny Machado, thoughts on that? No, yeah, Machado's definitely, you know, I, when I was doing this exercise, you know, he definitely has to move, I would think, from Eli once he decides to sell, if he does. But, you know, I don't even think that's a given because, like you said, like there's just such a logjam um, between 10 and and I'm in fourth, and I don't feel confident from the 10th place. <laughs> um, you know, I think the top three are pretty sad, I think. Nick's uh, got a good team, and uh, you and uh, and Sean. I think you guys are pretty much locked for the um, the playoffs. And I actually like Keith's team a lot as is. I think he can do a lot of damage. Um, that pitching's going to carry him, and um, you know he's got a lot of rookies on offense um, as well. Um, that's just the way he always has managed his team. But um, you know they're producing this year. You know Bobby Witt's secretly, you know, a, a very good player. You know he's picked up Arias, but. Um, I, I have a hard time, I think, with him. I think he would do two of those guys. I think he's more willing to probably part with Sale. Um, but I think Hunter Green is somebody that he really wants to hold on to. Um, I know if you look at his numbers just, you know, from, you know, 10,000 feet, you know, he's got a five-plus ERA here and, and this and that. But it's like he's Jekyll or Hyde. You know, when he has a bad game, it's a bad game. And, you know, yeah. but – he's also going to win you some weeks in the playoffs when he's on. Like, I think it was even yesterday, you know, he'll have like two, three hit games, you know, no walks, 10 strikeouts in like six <laughs> on 80 pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just think there's too much um, flashes of, of brilliance there that I think it's going to be hard for him to part with, with, with Hunter. Um, but um, I see your point. Maybe, you know, you could throw in, um, you know, uh, I don't know what Eli, you know, a $4 Syndergaard, you know, there's not, it's not sexy anymore, but you know, a guy that might have a mid three ZRA for four bucks isn't, you know, an awful return. Um, but no, I definitely think there's the pieces are there. Um, they might just need a little bit of tweaking. Right. I mean, it started as I put it together, it started to feel a little heavy, but you know, at the back of my mind, it's like, it's for, for this exercise, I'm obviously, uh, con, you know, constructing a, a deal for eels and finding one potential trade yeah. partner but the reality is, is Eels is going to have a lot of suitors here. So I think he's going to be in the catbird seat and, and be able to command quite a bit here uh, from Keith. And, and we'll have to see. You got to, you know, got to spend money to make money. And we'll see if Keith is, is ready to make this push. He did want me to point out that he has a 700 winning percentage over the past seven weeks. And that's without DeGrom coming back. He came back tonight, was throwing 102. And then, of course, with Tatis on the mend as well. So, yeah, I, I mean – you're looking at the trend arrow. Uh, Keith is charging, man. He's really, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I, as much as he loves the, his rookies and, and taking the shots on those guys, I feel like he, I feel like he knows when to move the chips in. So um, I, I, I don't know if if, 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 if he likes this side of the deal, I don't think Hunter Green would hold it up, but uh, we'd have to ask him that. I'm sure he'll he'll give us his thoughts in the comments. Well, yeah, and and uh, what point are these? You know, especially a Reds team that's thrown in the towel. 
you know, at what point do you just shut down? You know, he's going to, he's not going to have some of these arms or, you know, at the, uh, in the Kumite because they're just going to shut him down the last, you know, few weeks of the season. That's a great point. I'm pulling up Hunter Green now to kind of look at his workload because that could be, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's at 102 innings right now coming off of, well, he threw 106 last year, but you still figure, I mean, what, what are they going to give him? Maybe 30 more, which is like five more starts, six more starts before they really go, yeah, what are we doing? Let's, let's not stretch. Or they far. might temper him and, you know, you're only going to go out there and throw three innings today. Yeah, or, yeah, piggyback starter or phantom IL stint. Like, you can only hope for that just so at least it spreads them into September as opposed to just being completely shut down then. Great point. Great point. Um, the, the, I know some people were considering uh, how that could uh, impact Spencer Strider, too, not to go off topic to one, Sean's team already, but Anthropolis um, has said that they're not going to move him to the pen, so they're just going to, I guess, let him absorb a, a much larger workload than he ever has historically, but uh, Quadzilla as the nickname I saw someone call him earlier, which is fucking bitching. Um, yeah, they're, but Strider, same thing. Like, you know, if, if he was going to get shut down, that's just such a brutal loss to take into September. And that's just kind of what we deal with when we play head to head like this. All right. I'm sure you had a lot of fun with this one. Boots. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, for Boots, it actually is kind of perfect because, um, you know, he's in ninth. So he's uh, that's my odd, but it also kind of I found a trade partner with Deke, who's seventh. So it, um, I'm gonna kind of kind of knock these two out um, in a row. Okay. Um, so for Boots, um, I saw Deke as a good partner. Um, so I'm of the opinion um, Boots talk all the shit you want, but Boots is gonna throw in the towel, I think, pretty soon. It's just kind of the way he's been talking on the board and stuff. Um, yeah, just the way he's been talking on the board and stuff. I just feel like. Um, He's just kind of leaning that way, and he's about to become a dad for the first time, so he's got a lot on his plate. So um, he might be checking out mentally a little bit. Um, so um, guys he has to get rid of because they're free agents, um, and this is how Deke operates. He likes to do big, like, you know, three, four, five guys for one or two. So um, I think – and looking at Boots' team, um, I think he definitely would um, benefit from having a um, some hitting keepers. Um, you know, his pitching actually has been pretty – good this year unfortunately a lot of them are free agents so um he's not really able to keep a ton of them but you know even at 15 dollars, i think he's going to keep nestor cortez um so for me i have him trading kyle wright who he can't keep presley just a closer um you know demand or uh, deke loves his closers um cueto who's been pretty solid this year um deke needs pitching always could use pitching he kind of just pieces it together throughout the year and then um Kirk and Profar, um, again, all guys he can't keep for Xander. Um, that's a lot giving up from Deke, but after this year, he'll only have him for one more year. Um, but I think in order, you know, basically getting Kirk and Profar, I think will be, um, you know, uh, kind of able to absorb that while just basically getting right Presley and Cueto to bolster his, uh, his, his rotation. All right. Okay. That, I, I'm not smart enough to be able to like digest all that in real time. To, to really, like, give, <laughs> like there was a lot of names you threw out there, but I see what you're saying. Like, I mean, it, Deke does like to have those sweeping, like I'm going to plug every hole and, and upgrade everywhere I can. Uh, the one question I would have is uh, I know most, I think all those guys were, were uh, free agents, right? Uh, every, pretty much everyone he, that you put out there. Correct. Yeah, so I don't know what, what Xander Bogarts is getting paid in MK dollars, but I do know Deke was getting pretty close to that salary cap, so he just would have to 
Uh, I mean, Bogarts is probably at least in the twenties or so. Um, but I know that that's the one thing is he tries to improve. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the budget to go out there and grab, you know, a, a Trevor story or someone like that. No $40 play. He, he's done that already. He's pretty much run up against the limit. I know that's not what you're proposing, but I'd like, yeah, he'd he probably does, have to drop have a guy to... or two that he's not fond of. And Presley probably might not even be part of the deal. He's I think 15 bucks, but um, you know, if he definitely, if he can find guys to drop that he's not happy with, um, I definitely think he can make this work. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Boots, he, t- he tends to do pretty well on the pitching side. It's the, it's the bats that tend to lag. So you're right. If he can if he can get a staple or an anchor on the offensive side, oh, yeah. I think that would be a, a good And those guys him. need to be, and, you know, and they, you know, if he's not going to, if he's going to sell, and again, I'm not saying he necessarily has to, um, he can go for it. He's in the race. Um, but if he does sell, like those are guys, you know, as much as he loves, you know, saying, oh, Kirk's a stud. You know, you, you got to move them if you're not going to keep it, if you're not going to go for it because you can't keep them. Yeah, yeah, those guys are expiring assets. All right, so I think I'm next here, right, with Cupcheck? Yeah, eight, so if you want to do eight place. and six, because um, I just did seven and nine. Okay, so that was the that was a double whammy there for for Deke and for Boots. Yeah, so eight being Cupcheck, I don't envy the position Cupcheck's in right now. He's kind of an MK purgatory sitting in eighth. He's only four and a half games out of the playoffs. I mean, he's He's in striking distance, but it's just far from from certain given how competitive the the top nine or ten teams have been this year. And to make matters worse, he's got a difficult schedule down the stretch, which includes three playoff teams and then Decker, who is one of the stronger teams according to the power rankings. So uh, he's going to have to earn it. Um, If he's going to make a run, he has to address his pitching staff. That's been his, his Achilles heel probably the worst really among all the contenders at this point, which is crazy. I don't understand how it got to this point because he's got Darvish and Barrios and Giolito and Cease and Nola. And I know Barrios has been a disaster. Giolito has been, I think, really bad too. So, I mean, I, I understand how it got to this point. It's just who would have predicted this uh, when he came in with all those great keepers and then uh, bought some even, even more impressive pitchers. So, but that's just, that's his weakness right now. Um, it would be, I think, a little too easy to say, well, if Cup ends up selling, he should do this. He's in this really difficult spot of trying to straddle between a buyer and a seller. So I'm going to place myself in those shoes and try to come up with something creative here um, in, a, in an environment where he can't trade good players or he's a full-blown seller and he can't trade keepers or he's a full-blown buyer. There was one scenario I thought was was pretty uh pretty crafty where he would send Trevor's story. Who's like 40 something dollars and he's out for several weeks to uh, a wrist injury. Maybe he sends Trevor's story to a pitching rich team who is patient enough to wait for story's return to get him in the playoffs. Right. But the cup check needs to win now. Can't really wait on that. So I thought Frank looked like a good fit here, but his salary caps at 388. So he can't fit story into his plans without moving a lot of salary elsewhere. Um, I thought I could also fit that bill. I, at least I can right now, but that's assuming Trout doesn't come back, uh, which to this point he says he'll be back, and I don't want to get to a point where I can't afford to bring him off the IL. So I scratched that plan. Cup does have one player who is on a keeper-worthy contract who has been of zero value to him this year uh, because he's been injured all year, and that's $1 Mitch Haniger. I believe he's on a rehab assignment right now, so he should be back sometime fairly soon. But I think Hanniger might be Cup's best bet to improve without going all in, right? I mean, Hanniger needs to be signed this offseason. He's turning 32 years old, so he's not like a long-term keeper option. 
but he hit 39 home runs with 100 plus runs and RBIs just last year. So there's got to be a team out there that would maybe throw an A contract on that. Um, and I'm looking at Ken to, to take a shot on him and shuffle a few pitchers over to cup check. And so I'm thinking $15 Trevor Rogers and $2 Marcus Stroman for $1 Mitch Hanniger again on the IL coming off soon. Rogers has been incredibly disappointing after a huge breakout rookie year last year, as bad as he's been, he's got a three, seven, five X FIP over the last seven starts. And he's been wrecked by his BABIP over that span. So it's like a five, eight, five, eight, five or so ERA, but he's been pretty good skills wise the last couple months. And then Stroman, I mean, he's kind of ho-hum. I wouldn't consider keeping him even at two bucks, but he's a, a reliable source of innings and solid ratios. So I think if you're cup check, you can move Hanniger knowing that you've got plenty of other keeper options. Try to get a catch lightning in a bottle with Rogers and get a nice uh, uh, ratio producer in Stroman and, and hopefully, you know, get a bounce back from, from Berrios and from Giolito before it's too late. But I think that's kind of his best bet to, to get a little stronger and stay in the hunt without, without throwing in the, his, his cards, uh, but without buying and, and finding himself on the outside looking in in a bad keeper situation for next year to boot. Nope, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Um, uh, I really don't have anything else to add. <laughs> that was kind of a weird one. That was a hard one to put together, but that's the position he's in, man. It's not – he like it's so – I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's pretty It's pretty easy when you know you're either a buyer or you're a seller. He's like the Angels right now. Like, what do you do? Like, not right now. Angels obviously sellers this year, but just looking at the next couple of years, like, they're just stuck in you this little ground. Of you're not, not yeah, being you're not good taking. enough. And yeah, so, like, what the fuck do you do? Cupjacks in, in, is probably in the, in the most difficult spot right now um, as far as making a decision on, on, on which direction to go. Well, yeah, and, and to open the curtain, because you have as well, he's reached out to me and kind of alluded that he's getting close to, to that line of selling, but I know he wants to kind of play things out for the, over the next week or so. But, um, yeah, I think he's, like you said, he's struggling. Like, where am I? Right, and this is, this is like the week and a half or so where, like, irrationality takes over because, in theory, you should be able to look at your team and you've got four months' worth of data just about to go, am I good enough or not? But then you can have like one big week and go, God damn, I am good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm getting hot right at the right time. I'm not selling or, or vice versa. We've seen guys in the past who got you know, their, teeth, their teeth kicked in one week and, and go, okay, I'm, I'm, my team stinks. I'm selling. But maybe they still actually had enough to, to make a little bit of a run. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, if, if what happens over the next week, 10 days or so, uh, helps, helps Cup figure out and, and pick a direction. For Let's take uh, just like a – three or four minute break. I need to recharge my, my AirPods uh, and take a whiz and we'll jump right back on and finish this thing up. All right, man. Thanks. Hey, man. All right. We are back. Um, so you, you covered Deke at seven, right? You want me to jump, pick this thing back up at six? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Now, so now we're definitely to the contenders and Frank is in sixth place right now. If he can uh, beat up on demand this week, he can get a little bit of breathing room. He's got an elite pitching staff. He can definitely improve on offense, especially in the speed department. And so for this trade, I'm going back to the seller version of Eels because I think these guys can match up well if Eels ends up throwing in the towel. And so for this trade, a centerpiece coming back to Frank would be $30 Cedric Mullins. He's 
among the top base stealers in the league. He, he ought to be Frank's top target uh, in order to fortify a weakness in that category. Um, and as mentioned, Frank would, would move from uh, move pitching really to deal from his strength. And so the key piece going the other way is $1 Tony Gonsolin, who I think ought to get Eli's attention. I know it'll be tough uh, for Frank to part with the Dodger here. Gonsolin was an all-star. He's got elite numbers, but he's definitely pitching over his head thanks to a 208 Babbitt. So, but still a talented enough arm to, to yield a nice return. Uh, but this trade doesn't work one for one because of Frank's aforementioned salary cap challenges. So we're going to make it a two. Frank's going to include $21 Jonathan India, who has missed most of the year to injury. He's back now, not exactly lighting the world on fire. And, and coming back to Frank here uh, would be a, a free agent, Ahmed Rosario, who's ranked 89th overall this year. He's got 10 steals of his own. So that further boosts Frank, uh, Frank's speed department. Um, so the salaries work out. Frank parts with $1 Gonsolin and $21 India gets two speedsters in return in Cedric Mullins and Ahmed Rosario. Thoughts on that one? No, I like it. Yeah, when I was doing my exercise, uh, you know, Gonsolin was somebody I was kind of looking um, to get back in return for some of my guys. Um, kind of the, the sell, sell high moment. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to come crashing down, but, you know, he's obviously pitched lights out first half of this year and, um, you know, I don't think he's going to keep it up. Um, you know, it's, it would be a hit to his pitching staff, but like you said, he's, he's got room there. Um, so I like that deal. Um, you know, Gonsolin, I definitely think would be a keeper at a dollar. Um, and then Jimmy's kind of selling high and yeah, to your point, he definitely needs stolen bases. And, um, I know Mullins is kind of, um, overpriced for the production he's given this year. Um, you know, the power isn't there as it was last year, but Hey, maybe he catches lightning in a bottle too. And, not only is, you know you're getting the stolen bases, and you know if he picks up that uh, that power again, then man, you just got an MVP caliber player, uh, you know, for for Gonsolin. Bingo, yeah. And and for Eli, and I know the focus here is Frank on on this this section here, but you know Eli is someone who um, likes to go cheap on pitching and and piece together. Still, he usually can spend very little dollars and put together a very uh, a respectable, if not formidable, staff. This year, remember, he spent like literally $9 on pitching, like the absolute bare minimum. And that just wasn't quite enough, right? Like that, his pitching rank, uh, you pull it up and it's just, it's just not very good. So, I mean, it's, it's good for a $9 staff, but it's like, you know, if he wants to go super cheap on pitching, then a $1 Gonsolin and, and going back to if you do the other trade with a $1 Lodolo and Hunter Green, now he's got these $1 guys to go to have a cheap pitching staff, but they're actually – pretty good and so he could he could still kind of deploy that strategy but with a, a much stronger base uh to, to build his rotation so yeah i think that could be a good fit for both of those guys and so then we move on to the fifth place team and that's keith what'd you drop for keith so look keith we kind of mentioned him a little bit so i won't go too in depth but um you know i think he's got a solid team i think he's um i, I was mentioning the top three teams um i think are a lock um, Keith's behind me right now, but honestly, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he jumps me um, soon. Um, he's got a good team, um, especially with DeGrom coming back. Um, his pitching's only get stronger. Um, like you said, it's going to come down to the offense, and you know if he's going to have weeks where they're kind of hitting on all cylinders, but he's probably going to have weeks where they're all struggling, and um, it's going to be a challenge to put together some wins in those uh, hitting categories. But um, you know, uh, you know, he's got probably the batting champ. 
Um, Matt Chapman's been kind of hitting for power as of late and kind of coming out of his shell. Interested to see Drury in that lineup. He's going to be losing that park, but he's going to be hitting amongst um, some studs. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I'm not, not, I don't want to break the bank with him too much. Um, he definitely could use some outfield help. He's kind of patched together there with J.J. Blade, um, somebody he's just picked up off the wires. He's kind of the flavor of the month prospect. Um, you know, he's had a home run here. I know he's got some speed, but I think he's only hitting like 150. You know, he just picked Kritchik up off of the wire, who's actually had a good week. Um, I was eyeing him to pick up actually recently myself. But, um, you know, uh, just, you know, guys I'm not going to really put a lot of money into. Uh, you know, Riley Green with the Tigers. Um, you know, he's shown flashes, but, you know, he hasn't been consistent yet. So to me, um, and again, I'm kind of throwing somebody out there that's young, but um, I definitely think he can move um, Yuri Perez. Um, he's a prospect, won $5. Um, honestly, he's probably borderline keeper if he's not even going to get called up this year. But, you know, somebody who just has like a free agent uh, might take the flyer on him. Um, so I saw that with Ken um, and um, possibly just trading Kyle Lewis. Um, that's a uh, outfielder who uh, I think has some upside, isn't going to be super sexy. Guys aren't going to really go out of their way to try to claim him or try to trade for him. But I think, um, you know, dangling the carrot of Perez at one for $5, it's probably enough for Ken to just take the flyer and see, you know, what happens over the offseason. If he's, um, you know, in their plans to start the season um, on the big club or, you know, be the guy that comes up in a month or two. That's a great – and Kyle Lewis is a free agent, right? Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah. So, I mean, so when you look at it, like, I mean, ideally when you're looking you know, to, to craft a trade, make a deal in, in any form of business, like, a win-win is always ideal, but uh, you'd be a fool not to analyze leverage on, on both sides of the fence, right? Who's got the leverage? Ken doesn't have any leverage with Kyle Lewis because he's an expiring contract. And Keith has less leverage. You know, I'm not going to say, I mean, he has some. He doesn't have to move Yuri Perez, but do you want to go to the Kumite with a dead spot? Like you said, Perez probably won't pitch in the bigs this year. At least that's my understanding. So, like, really, neither of these guys do them any good on the current roster, and they do a whole lot of good on the other, right? Like, so could get be a little game of chicken, but, I mean, really, it, does, it is a good fit. And, and, you know, he may even be able to spice it up for Ken if he needed to and throw in Adalberto Mondesi, right, who is, like, $23 or something. Obviously not a great keeper price, but Ken, uh, I think, is a Mondesi fan, and he's out for the year, so – you know, if Keith really is going for it, and if, if he doesn't plan on keeping Mondesi next year, um, and, you know, if, if maybe maybe Ken would want him just to stash him and see, you know, kind of how how he looks in spring, and um, you know, he's he's a league changer when when he's healthy and playing. So, you know, maybe that's someone. I always I always think that's a good idea to try to look at, you know, keep keeper worthy guys who are on an IL spot, um, because again, if you're going for it, those guys don't do shit for you this year you might as well, it's almost just like a, a free trade trip, trade chip yeah. because you're not, you're not moving anything of, of present day value in order to get better. And maybe he can sweeten the pot, you know, again, again, I don't know if it's a keeper, um, but you know, an $8 Spencer Torkelson, you know, he struggled like hell this year, but um, you know, like, again, you could just kind of see how he does in spring training um, before you make the, um, the decision to keep him. Um, you know, or just kind of whatever. It's it's you, there's guys in there. You know, you could also maybe throw in the four dollar Cindergard again. You know, not anything sexy, but you know, if I'm Ken and and I haven't really, you know, um, 
studied his team and keeper situation. Like if he's short a keeper, like, Oh, I'll take Syndergaard for four bucks. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I probably want to hang on to Torkelson just because you're, I mean, you're just selling at the absolute low point on the former number one overall pick, but um, yeah, I mean, it, he is, he is in the minors. It looks like right now he's got that NA slot. So yeah, I mean, at some point, even though Keith's getting healthy at some point, he's going to have to shuffle this roster a bit to not have so many NAs because they're, they're not the like our bench is not truly depth. Like our bench where if you're using your roster correctly, every player you have on your roster, including guys, quote unquote, on your bench are contributing. Either they're, you're working them into your rotation or they get enough at bats to, to, to fill out the stat lines on the offensive side when guys have days off or whatever. So, you know, carrying too many of those, it just hurts. It just puts you at a disadvantage. So um, Torkelson, I think he can, you know, probably want to hang on to that one. But there's some other guys that probably uh, he's probably going to have to make some moves because otherwise he'll be a little shorthanded. Going yeah, and the way I, the reason I bring up Torkelson too, and like I don't disagree with your sentiment. And again, like I'm not going to sit here and go player by player and figure out his keeper situation. But I think he's Keith, knowing Keith and how many young guys he has, he's going to have ten guys. And so he's going to have to make a decision. So, you know, somebody's got to be expendable, even that, yep. you know, has a deeper contract. Yep. Good point. All right. So I think uh, that takes us to four, right? That's you. Ain't it? Let's see. Well, what did I drop for you, Ferd? Okay. So I talked earlier about your need to build a bullpen if you want to avoid punting a category in the playoffs. I know that you're still kind of feeling out, you know, how you can do that without without downgrading too much elsewhere and, you know, and, and, and without stuffing a bullpen full of half closers, I totally understand that. So I think in order to avoid that, it'd be good to build around a surefire closer, like really one of the few guys who you can call that in today's game. And so I'm setting your sights on Jordan Romano, who is currently rostered by boots, which means the deal is probably impossible. (laughs) But (laughs) Romano, an elite closer, and though they're tough to come by, most of the contenders have fairly strong bullpens already. Like I wouldn't give me personally with a pretty strong bullpen. I wouldn't give very much for Jordan Romano to boots. Like I wouldn't break the bank to do, to get him. And I, I think a lot of other contenders are in that situation. So while he's, while closers have been traditionally kind of, you know, overvalued, I think in the trade market, once you start getting some sellers, there tends to be kind of enough guys to go around and, and I don't think that, you know, you're going to have to give up like Cattell Marte to get this guy right. Um, looking at, at Boots, I mean, like Jimmy, he's had strong pitching all year with that shit offense. Like he's just he's not going to make the playoffs and win the league with saves. And they're just a particularly volatile category week to week. So I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to punt saves. But Boots needs to roll the dice here. And, and he needs to realize that having four closers doesn't even guarantee that you win saves every week. Um, and he needs help in multiple categories. So I think it's his best bet to, to move a closer. I think Romano should be available if you were to inquire. He needs bats. When you look at your bats, you're eventually getting Harper back. I think you're just getting Oscar Gonzalez back. You've got a few options to backfill your current third baseman, who's Alec Baum. You've got Donaldson, Moncada, Miranda. None of them are setting the world ablaze. But I think hey, Miranda was AL Rookie of the, of the Month. There we go. I, that's the I, I, I knew Moncada and Donaldson were kind of underperforming. I didn't look too much at Miranda. Oh, just got his average back up to three hundred, man. Um. Yeah, <laughs> bon, no, Bond's been hitting well, and, and you know, I, I just said that Romano. You know, you're not gonna have to break the bank, but I, you, know, you got to move some decent that. players. 
And I, but I think Baum is, is far from unmovable, right? And so my proposal here is Alec Baum and Jock Peterson for Jordan Romano. You get your bullpen ace. Boots gets two top 150 bats and, and some desperately needed power in, in Jock. I mean, because he's got Chris Bryant back on the DL. He's got guys like Jake Fraley and Rymel Tapia in the lineup. Jesse Winker, who's just been a disaster. Jesus Aguilar looks like he's kind of over the hill. I mean, he needs to get some some better bats than what he's rolling out there. Peterson and Baum would both be upgrades. They're guys who, I mean, you'd miss them a little bit, but I think that you can easily cover cover their production um, and add Romano if you really wanted to take a serious look at, at, at building a pen. I think that's a, a, a pretty good piece to start with. No, I don't hate that. And Peterson's, for everybody listening, is definitely somebody I'm willing to move. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't even – I don't know Baum. Um, third base, I know I have some guys, honestly, probably just giving away too many cards. But, like, you know, Donaldson doesn't do it for me. He's pretty washed at this point. So I, I like keeping my third base options with Baum. But um, guy that I've been more open to moving. And, you know, he's not sexy, but he's solid. And for a buck is Nimmo. Um, you know, he's definitely somebody I'm willing to move. There you go. I mean, yeah, and that, that could even be a better fit for Boots, frankly. Like, I mean, you keep Baum because you want that third base. Uh, you want to keep, keep him at third and, I guess, Miranda at corner. Um, but then Boots, it's a little bit of a hedge because he gets what may be an equally productive player in Nimmo, but also a potential keeper in case the season doesn't work out. And then, you know, could still throw Jock in there to give him some power. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that might even be a, a better idea there. Sweet. Listen, Boots. All right. Send it, send it. Hot <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll jump to Nick um, in third place. Um, again, like I think Nick's one of the few teams that's a solid playoff team. Um, I don't want to say it doesn't have anything to worry about, but, um, you know, things happen. But um, pitching, I think, is his strong suit. You know, he's got some hell of a lot of hitters um, as well. But to me, um, you know, I, you know, I, I – it's, it's, it's kind of a weird trade. I, it was hard for me to find a deal for him because I think he does have a very um, well-rounded team. Um, but um, I thought, you know, he could probably use another um, closer to solidify his pen. Um, so to me, I have him trading Will Smith, um, a great player, a keeper contract, to Boots for Contreras um, on the Braves, um, William, um, to replace, you know, he'll get some value back at catcher. Um, Ross Stripling will just solidify his pitching a little bit even more. Like nothing sexy, but he's been solid. And then I have um, uh, Romano as well um, going to him um, to solidify his uh, relief pitching. Oh, there we go. There's the Romano market expanding. You just shot yourself in the foot. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's a lot. You know, that's uh, I don't know if Boots would do that because he's have you'd have to give up a lot. But um, you know, just I'm also playing the Dodger thing. You know, Boots has a shitload of catchers. He has a Varsho uh, for three dollars, which is the same as Smith, but. Um, you know, I think Will Smith is catcher, top three catcher easily um, offensively, um, you know, and, you know, I'm kind of playing to his, you know, his fandom there a little bit. You know, he can keep Will Smith. He could even keep Varsho as well. You know, I know Varsho, Varsho has some outfield eligibility, but I don't know how valuable he is there. You know, he's definitely more valuable in the catcher slot. But, um, yeah, you know, Boots can't keep um, any of those guys other than Romano. Uh, but, again, I don't know if you're keeping a $10 closer. Yeah, I just I, I think Boots should move him. Like ten dollars. I'm not saying Romano ain't worth ten bucks, but like yeah, these guys are so fickle. Like who knows what you're gonna get from him next year? Like I love Will Smith. I think if 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 he can get that deal that you just laid out, I think that's a 
a great deal. And, and uh, I'm just checking right now to see kind of if Nick needs the, you know, where, how much the bullpen help Nick could use. I know he just traded for Bednar, who is kind of the guy in Pittsburgh, I think. I'm not really fully sure. But that leads me to believe that he does want to probably shore it up a little bit in the pen. And he looks about league average and saves. So, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can but I think this will bolster that even more and take him from average to, uh, you know, kind of a, an area of strength. Yeah, I mean, if I, 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 I re-ran the power rankings this morning just to kind of know, like, who was who was needed what. Right now, Nick has a 105 pitching rating, um, so pretty good. And if you just tapped on, like, 20 saves to that from Jordan Romano, he goes to 112. It's the third best pitching staff in the league. So that is somewhere where he can, like, really shoot up really quickly to, if, he, if he can get that pen. So Yeah, and I um, – and- and Stripling, again, nothing sexy, but he's pitching pretty well. And, you know, I think he's an upgrade over Cool and or Waka. So, uh, you know, I think not only is, is you, if you re-ran that, you know, I think his numbers would give, go up even slightly more because I, I definitely think he's an upgrade over those two. Yeah, I think you slayed out a pretty a pretty good deal there right there um, for both parties. And you probably just you probably ran yourself out of the Romano <laughs> market doing so. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to move on to uh, number two here, which is Sean. And we're about to get real nasty. Sean's in second place. He doesn't have any glaring needs, but he does currently have a, a slightly below average pitching staff, which sinks a little more in the rankings if you were to remove an above average bullpen. He does pretty well in saves. So I think he could use a frontline starter. And then when you look on the other side, he leads MK in stolen bases. So sticking with the theme of the pod and focusing on, on dealing from strength, um, where can he move some speed to acquire starting pitching? I'll tell you where, right here, right here. And for public record, this trade is, has been proposed. This trade is on the table for Sean. It's not just a hypothetical to boost these ever-important uh, Moose Tracks pod ratings. The trade offer is $15 Shane McClanahan for C35 Ronald Acuna. So just a, a big dick energy trade if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Sean would enter the Kumite with a three-headed monster of Garrett Cole, Sandy Alcantara, Shane McClanahan. They're all going to win the Cy Young this year. I know it's not possible, but they all will. They're just that good. Um, and the area I stand improved improve the most is stolen bases. I, I tried to address this by acquiring John Birdie from Ken, uh, but he's still not back from the IL. And I, there's a chance he really slows down. I mean, it was a groin injury that took him to the IL. So if he doesn't run, then he doesn't really fill that gap for me. So Acuna, I mean, obviously – one of the game's superstars. He's not, he really has not fully rebounded from, from missing all that time with the, the torn ACL. Um, I think that this kind of scratches both of our backs. And, and we talk about the $20 discount on year one. Uh, I think there's a, a awful lot of uh, keeper value in McClanahan to, to make it a reasonable offer for a guy who in Acuna, who maybe a year ago was like untouchable um, at any price, but, uh, as his contract dwindles down that next year, he'll only have he'll be a B two years left, and he is coming off the injury. Like uh, I don't know, maybe Sean. I, I think Sean is entertaining it, but as mentioned, Ken is really going after Acuna as well, and maybe he can find a way to to knock me out and and, and grab him and, and and make Sean even stronger, which that would be a bummer for me. But uh, this deal is on the table: McClanahan for Acuna. Just a, a good old-fashioned swap. So what do you think of that one? I love McClanahan. Um, you know, he's just, what is it, this his second year, his first kind of full year. And I think even in the playoffs last year, he was kind of lights out. Um, 
he's nasty. He's a bad motherfucker. And, uh, uh, you know, $15 is, you know, uh, is a deal. I think, um, clearly, um, he doesn't have the track record. So, you know, there is still some risk there, but, um, I think he's the best left-handed pitcher in the, in the American league. Um, if not all of baseball, um, you know, it's, he's up there with a couple of guys. I think you might have the other guy and freed. Um, I think I'm spacing on one other person. Kershaw still kind of is around, but he's, uh, you know, he's at the end of his career. Um, no, I think he's, he's elite, but you know, is that enough for an Acuna? Um, you know, when you factor in the price, maybe, and the fact that he has Julio Rodriguez, um, he's kind of a Ronald Acuna, uh, 2.0, um, at much cheaper. Um, I think he has some wiggle room there, but, um, I think just getting, you know, getting Sean to, to, to part ways with Acuna, I think is, is, uh, going to be, um, pretty difficult. Yeah, definitely will be difficult. I mean, like he's like this seasoned vet now. He's only 24 years old. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, he's just beating everything into the ground. That's the thing. I'm not worried about him long term, obviously. Or I wouldn't even be bothered with this trade. But I think that's where the windows kind of open. Is 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 this something he can? Is this something he'll fix this year? As far I mean, he's got a 133 ISO compared to his 248 on his career, and over 300 each of the last two years. Um, like the power's just not there because he sent so many ground balls, but but because of all that speed, it's like the because of the position I'm in, I'm like I can use just the speed, even if he doesn't, you know, hit like a 40 homer guy the rest of this year. But banking on that, you know, he does return to being a first round type talent next year. Otherwise, that $35 contract isn't isn't so great. Yeah, but but like with my offer for Ken, where I where I proposed uh, Gilbert and Pena. If he doesn't accept, I, I, I also would be pretty stoked next year to take McClanahan, Rodon, and Freed, my three lefties, for 40 bucks. Like, I think I'll build a really spectacular rotation around those three guys. So kind of a, I'm kind of happy with it either way. But it, I just kind of want to see a trade of that magnitude between the top two teams in the, in the standings go down just because I don't think we don't really usually see something like that. Um all right, well, that brings us to uh, to me, Ferd, and you had the honors of drawing something up for me. Give me a good idea I haven't thought of yet. It was hard to do you. Um, obviously, you're got what like a ten game lead. Um, it's you know it's hard. You 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 know how to put a well rounded team together. Um, and I mean this with all respect. It's like you know you look at your I look at your roster. I'm just like, how are you ten games ahead? Like, but you know you just know where to plug guys and, you know, what stats you're getting out of what guys and you just know how to put a complete team together, um, you know. So it, it's difficult um, and you're difficult to deal with because you're not going to get beat and tricked, um, you know. So for me, it was kind of more of like um, – so for me, it was the, the kind of the deal I came up with. I came up with a couple, like, and then I'll get into that. But um, I have Renfro and uh, Montgomery. Uh, so do you have Montgomery still? Or did you I do, that? yeah. And Montgomery, which, by the way, like, what was that? Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. Someone, someone, so they traded for those who missed it. Montgomery, who's pitching very well for the Yankees, who obviously have World Series aspirations, was traded one for one to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. And Bader, I think, might even be kind of injured right now. And someone just said that, hey, they, they're going to need to be in the center field market this winter, and it's going to be really expensive. And so they figured, lock, like, addressing that now. Uh, is a way to kind of preclude them from having to open their wallets. I don't know. It just seemed like a weird deal because they don't have tons of starting pitching depth. Montgomery was a big part of their success so far. 
and uh, they moved them for Bader. So yeah, that was a strange trade. But anyway, yeah, back, so, to, back to yeah. Your... So for me, it would be Renfro and Montgomery. Um, and like I said, Montgomery is a solid pitcher. Been really solid for the uh, for the Yankees this year. I wouldn't say he's sexy, but he's he gets the job done. Um, for twenty dollars, he's probably slightly he's probably slightly higher than uh, most people would want to pay, like in a draft. But you know, have a yeah, he's going to have a mid mid to high threes ERA, um, okay to above average Ks and. Um, you know, respectable walks. So for me, um, and I don't even know if you would do this, but it would be Renfro and Monty for like Morton and Jock. To me, I see Jock and Renfro. I like Jock slightly more. You might like Renfro slightly more. Um, but for me, you know, Jock might find himself in the platoon at times, but he just mashes um, righties. Um, they've been playing them more against lefties, um, but they've kind of had guys down. So guys are back. So I don't know if he's going to be playing against lefties consistently like he was. And Morton, I think, just has a lot more upside than Monty. Uh, his ERA has kind of been shitty this year, but even when he has a bad day ERA-wise, you know, he's out there striking out 10, 11 guys. And he's, you know, about 5 $6 cheaper. Yeah, that's – so I, I think I like Hunter Renfro more than most. Um, but that, that's, that, that deal that you just laid out, I think perfectly reasonable, just – Completely depends on 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 team need. Right now, I think I'm a little stronger in pitching than I am in hitting, hence why I would move McClanahan for Acuna. Um, and and I know I just moved Devers for for uh, McClanahan, but that was also before Trout really got hurt. So I don't know that I would want to take a, a little pitching upgrade in Morton for Montgomery to take a, a, a what I would think is a little hitting downgrade from Renfro to Jock. But I don't maybe it's not. I mean, Jock is pretty damn good. They're kind of similar players, like you said. Renfro just being on a nice uh, $5 contract. so. And I uh, thought you would feel that way. And like kind of the other one, and I don't know how you feel. He's, I think he's injured right now, and I don't know how long-term it is, but um, is Naylor. I'm a big Naylor fan too, so I would I'd honestly probably even swap Naylor for Renfro and still maybe do that. Yeah, I think that, that – I, I do like Naylor. I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, he's back. He was, he was out for a few days, a little ankle injury. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's ranked higher than Renfro, and they're – their numbers are pretty similar. I think Naylor's going to be a little bit higher batting average guy with Renfro, a little more power. But, um, yeah, that's something I would entertain too. I mean, I think that that's uh, – you're, you're on to something. And especially Montgomery, I think, is a, a pretty good pitcher. But, I mean, Charlie Morton um, has just shown that he can do things that, that Montgomery's just not capable of. So, I'm, for a team that, you know, wants to win at all, that's definitely someone, a, a kind of a shot I'd want to take, even though Morton has had – uh, some struggles, you know, it, it, I think at least out of the gate, but I think he's, I think he's right in that ship. I, I haven't paid too close attention to him. Yeah, he definitely has. He's, you know, he'll, he's just, he'll have a blow up. Um, you know, he definitely will have a blow up here and there, but like I said, even in those blow ups, he's a, you know, it's eight, nine strikeouts to three walks with five, six earned runs. It's just, you know, he'll give up a, you know, a three run shot. And, and if, you, if you look at his game logs too, it's like he's cruising, cruising, cruising. And then in the sixth inning, he's like, gives up four runs. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's the fucking worst. I'm looking right now. I'm seeing seeing where I got these guys. We'll have to make. We'll have to. I was gonna see if we could swing an on air trade right here. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've got them fairly close, but definitely Morton ahead of Montgomery. And then uh, I, I I only I run them like around the All Star break. I just kind of re-download the projections just to kind of. I don't. I haven't made any sort of tweaks or anything, but I, you know, I, I trust the folks who are smarter than me and who run their models to uh, 
to update some stuff and see if there's anything that really should uh, should change direction on any particular players. So, yeah, it's Jot. When's Jot coming back? Is he back soon? He's just on a. He's just got. Um, he's on the concussion protocol, so he should be back on a team like a game or two. He's been already been out for a few. Mm, he stayed with the Giants, right? They didn't trade him. Yeah, they didn't move him. We'll have to talk Ooh. off air because honestly, I don't even know like how it worked dollars wise because I'm I'm literally up against it when Harper comes back. Oh uh, yeah, we'll have to consider that. All right, we'll come back to it. Maybe we'll swing a deal. It, it kind of feels like we're just kind of moving the same pieces around. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I feel it. Like yeah, that's part of the fun. So yeah. it gives a shit. And I like watching Jock and his pearls hit bombs. No, I love Jock. You're just a fun player. But yeah, like I just like I said, and I'll be completely honest. I just worry that he's going to lose some playing time to lefties now that they got like Gonzalez back, and um, yeah. you know, that's that's uh, how the Giants roll now. Is everything's platoon. Yeah, that's that's a fair concern on your behalf. All right, man. Well, I think we 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 gave uh, more than a dozen potential trades here. Um, hopefully, like I said, gets the juices flowing for folks. Um, it was fun. It was fun to kind of go through this and, and kind of look through the lens of all the managers and where they're at. I think it helps you be a better trade partner in general, just to know you know kind of what the mind space uh, each of the league mates are in, so you know kind of how who to approach and how to approach them. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I threw out some, I threw out some big, uh, some big challenges there to, to, to Sean and to, to, uh, can to accept some deals. We might have something cooking. Um, I think Jordan Romano is going to be moving before, before daylight. So, <laughs> uh, it, this is fun, man. I appreciate you jumping on as always. Awesome. Well, yeah, too. And, um, I, uh, like, no, I'm looking forward to the trade deadline. It's all, it's always fun. And I love the, uh, the salary cap, it makes things a lot more difficult and have to get creative. Yeah, it definitely adds that a layer that I think uh, makes it a little bit more challenging, a little bit more fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. As a reminder, guys, it is August 14th, Sunday at midnight. Yahoo put it on a Thursday. When I went to change it, I can only put it on other Thursdays. We've always done it on Sunday at midnight. So if it's posted, Facebook official, before Sunday, the 14th at midnight, then it's good. Um, all right. That's, that's a wrap. I'll, uh, I'll catch you next time, Ferd. All right. I hope everybody's uh, doing well in your family. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Right. Bye. Bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.